Up first in breaking news tonight, The Sun reports a suspended BBC star broke COVID lockdown laws to meet a young stranger from a dating site. Newspaper says the presenter allegedly ignored strict COVID rules, even though his own network was broadcasting round-the-clock coverage of the pandemic. It's reported the star visited the 23-year-old's home and asked for a picture, which he was sent. They communicated in November 2020, leading to the star travelling across London to another county to meet them at their flat in February 2021. This appears to be the third person involved with the presenter. Earlier today, a second young person in their 20s claimed they were first contacted anonymously on a dating app before being put under pressure to meet up. When they hinted online that they might name the presenter, they alleged they were sent abusive and menacing messages filled with expletives and they said it frightened them and they remain scared. This comes days after The Sun revealed the first claims the household name paid tens of thousands of pounds to a youngster for sexually explicit images. Well, the BBC boss, Tim Davey, today announced the corporation has paused its own investigation at the request of the police, who are deciding whether to launch their own inquiry. Meanwhile, the broadcaster is reviewing its complaints procedure after admitting the top presenter was not confronted about the allegations for seven weeks. In a radio grilling this afternoon, Tim Davey denied that it was odd that he's yet to speak to the star personally. I'm not going to get into the uh, specific conversations with the presenter. Have you spoken to him? Personally, no. He's been spoken to by a senior manager. Has he offered to resign? Again, that is a matter that I think we have to respect the privacy of an employee. Yes, I think this is the, um, the, the privacy law is the thing which is, which is stopping this moving forward. Um, and uh, for, for, we had this discussion yesterday about whether or not the star should be named. Um, I'm very much not for it, not for him to be named until, the, particularly because there were claims that what had happened was not unlawful, was not illegal. That the person, uh, the young person in the very first case that we heard about, uh, had said that there was nothing unlawful that went on. And then you think about sort of expanding this out. When somebody is named in a situation like this, it is not just them who is out, the, the whole fact you know, there are families, friends, uh, other people who get involved and who are hurt when something happens like this. I mean, the, the, the thing about this is it's every sort of moment that we're, we're waiting for something else to, well, to happen now. This is now the story, isn't it? This is now a story, yeah. incredible uh, development tonight. Uh, yeah. It's going to be on the front page of The Sun tomorrow morning. Um, There's the third person now it would seem yeah. to be involved uh, who's saying that they met on a dating site um, that he went to his house several times, that despite the fact that there were lockdowns going on, you know, and despite the fact at one point that the, the, the person in question had COVID, you know, this is an incredible sort of revelation. And I think the problem with the not identifying whoever it is or the person not identifying themselves is that you'll just get more and more pressure yes, now. building. Mm, now. And inevitably, mm. when you get to a point where you think, well, this, the name's going to come out, you might as well be the person that gets the name out if you're that exactly. person, it seems to but me. But that's now, but that's the now. The BBC as I said have now yesterday. found themselves in yeah. a terrible quandary because mm. they originally, I think, sort of before last night's second revelation, yeah. once they got the first letter from the lawyers to say it was all rubbish, yeah. lots of people were kind of going, oh, well, that's it then. Mm. So yeah. I must yeah. have screwed yeah. that up. I think that's but of the course, point. the Sun haven't because the Sun are now going to take us to other places. They've obviously got yeah. people mm. who have been in touch with mm. them. Like all these sort of, you know, mm. cases of Me Too and whatever, mm. there's a lot of people out there who have had encounters yeah. with this person. 
So the, the story is just going to get more and more complicated, I think, for the BBC. And that's the thing, is that I feel like with every day that goes on, without the person in question identifying themselves, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Are we now going to have a situation where, well, the weekend we had The Sun telling, about, telling us about the first young person. Yesterday we had the BBC telling us about the second. Now we've got The Sun telling us about the third. Is it back to the BBC to tell us about the fourth mm. and the son will give us the fifth? How long does this go on for before the person in question stands up and says, it's me. It, it was me? And actually and puts, their, and puts their point of view. I yeah, suppose, maybe and, and I think some of the allegations, perhaps. whether we like it or not, that person does have a right to reply. Mm. I think it's up to them to say, this is who I am. There's definitely consequences of doing that. Families involved, well, like I you so think... rightly said, the families of the young people. Yeah. But if, if even just to take the heat off, other BBC presenters who are having to spend their days saying, it is not me. If you, if you care about your colleagues, do that. No, but I, I also think, I think you know, right whether, whether, whether or not something criminal happened... And that's what we don't know, because we don't know the ages of all of the people, people involved. involved. We don't know when it started. But we don't that, know how they the are when they started. Yeah, exactly. A crime, up, up as we're speaking yeah. now, has not been committed. Right, yeah. So we don't know. Well, although so there may now have been one committed during lockdown. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's, that's, that's a bit of a nothing case. How many people yeah, but met still up with, with, but, but with people? Technically, it's a breach exactly. at that time. How many people did that? No, so many people did that. Yes, they did. But if we're going to have inquiries over Boris Johnson and all the rest, should this unnamed BBC presenter not also be subject to that? Are we not all subject to the same rules? Uh, what no, I'm saying because, is... No, because, no, because I think that's a different standard because this BBC presenter wasn't the person that actually legislated for No, but the point is it could down. alter yeah. the police's interest in the case, is what I'm saying. Because I, I another think the thing is, I, I, I'm, this may sound unpopular, I'm not interested in the individual or the actions in question because, so far as I'm concerned, a crime has not been committed. If a crime has been committed, then that's different. I think the only th the only real story here is what the BBC knew, when they knew it, and what they did when they knew it. Because if they didn't, if their actions were insufficient, it would really make us question whether they've learned anything yeah. from from the and scandals I, of the <coughs> past. That's the real issue. They haven't. They haven't. Think, think yeah, we don't yeah. know that yet. But that's no, the real story here, well, not this person in question. I, I agreed. And I, I mean, the business of naming the person is is now a bit tricky because apparently 10 million people in the country know the name of the person. So I know that's not necessarily the reason to release the name of the person, yeah, it but isn't. it does kind of give a different flavour. It does. To, sort of where we're at. Uh, I, I thought the Tim Davy interview, I mean, this is a corporate man who shinned his way up the corporate ladder from Procter & Gamble mm. through Pepsi, found himself as the head honcho of the BBC. Don't be deceived by the kind of, you know, all right, mate, working class accent. <laughs> this is an Oxbridge yeah. establishment character that knew exactly what he was doing. He posed, ended up posing more questions than he did answers in that interview. We, we took the interview live. Uh, this afternoon, the mirror. I'm not expecting him specifically to have spoken to the person concerned. I know some people say he should have done. There are more senior managers, more senior managers at the BBC than there are in most workplaces. Yeah. So there's enough people to speak to the guy. What is interesting is the seven-week gap. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I think that's unforgivable. I yeah. think when you've got allegations Except of this, which also, could be potentially But we don't criminal. know what they knew. No, but we do know what they knew because seven they've weeks. given us a timeline. They have given yes, us a timeline which says... In their own words. ...that they... Received this information from the the family who made the first complaint on May yeah. the nineteenth. They have then admitted that nobody then told anybody. They passed else. it up the chain. No, but they found it difficult to contact. No, they, they found it difficult who, to contact. No, they didn't pass it up the chain because I asked that question specifically today for our reporter who was there, who watched every single question, every single yep. answer, and they did not pass it to anybody, and so it went nowhere. So it was only last Thursday that Tim Davy found out about it.
because it was a call, a call from the Sun. Because they tried to... They make one phone call and one email. And if anybody that worked for me or with me, and I, I think I speak for Mike as well, and only made one phone call and one email to try and get in touch with somebody, yeah. you'd say, well, you're probably work. in the wrong job, mate. Yeah. I'm sorry. And then Tim Davey had the audacity to say at this kind of curious Radio 4 interview that actually have got this great investigation in his best Danny Dyer. We've got this great investigation. So, well, clearly you haven't no. got a great investigation no. too because they failed to find somebody yeah. that would have been very easy to locate yeah. and particularly with that amount of resources yeah. behind you. He then talked about the trust in the BBC. He then went on to say that even if the presenter concerned had ended up still speaking to the BBC or even financed the chief witness, as this young person would be, even if they'd finance it, that's nothing to do with the BBC. I, I would be very curious. I mean, this what, was a classic. Uh, the thing is, though, I'd be curious to know what procedures other companies have in place when they receive yeah. allegations like this, because we're well, talking about the BBC, that, because it's you? funded by the license fee, and we have there's all mm. there's always this sort of this conversation about whether we should be funding the BBC. But imagine if it was just you know a corner shop or just the, your average company or ITV. Let's not uh, yeah, go a million miles away. Let's just go to ITV. What did they do? Yes, but the thing is, that's that's still media and still broadcasting. I'm just talking about these are still companies. Companies, and there are different types of companies, they're pharmaceutical companies. I would be interested to see how other companies, what the process looks like when they receive I've got allegations. A feeling, I've got a feeling, Esther, that if you, if you rang most companies employees. and somebody made an allegation that is potentially criminal, potentially criminal to the point that somebody could go to jail for 10 years, then you'd like to think. They'd probably say the go to the police. You'd like to think that the chief protagonist or the person accused will be spoken to within yeah. seven weeks. I'm not yeah. saying they do it. That night or that day, I, they might the want to establish. Why is that the responsibility yeah, of the employer? The person in question wasn't an employee of the BBC. I, I think we should be very careful because I don't think businesses should be getting involved in the sex lives of their employees. Well, actually, you're if, wrong there. If, you're absolutely if, wrong. No, because if the person in question. No, I'm sorry, the alleged victim in this case was not an employee of the BBC. So I don't see why the BBC should be more proactive in getting involved in a case like this where it's the, a high-ranking sort of executive, which I understand the sensitivity around, and someone who is outside of the organisation, yes, the case is sensitive, but right. at, at, so at, in the your bet, view, then, at the least they should your, have said In your the view, then, the guy who illegal. was the chairman of Tesco's, who's just got fired yeah. for inappropriate behaviour, should never have been fired. All the people that have been fired for inappropriate... Philip employee, Schofield well, should never have been fired. No, but the thing is, Philip Schofield, no, no he was directly involved. No, that person was not, employed no, at ITV, no, no, you're, and he you're was driving the car off the cliff Schofield. here. Sorry, no, I no, don't agree with you. No, but he was employed because of Philip. No, Esther, the, 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 the point about this... There's no point in, in trying to derail the conversation into something completely different that makes no sense. The point about the BBC is that it's publicly funded. The person involved okay. is said to be a high-ranking presenter on the channel. Now, any person who works in the media but has no a crime duty... Has hang on, has a duty Wait. not to bring the company into disrepute. That's exactly so anything what that he But does, the company hasn't yeah. been brought into disrepute well, you don't because know no that. crime has been committed. No, it doesn't have to be a crime. There was no Whether or not a crime has been committed... You cannot disagree that the reputation of the BBC has been brought into disrepute. Well, and when you sign a contract with a company, when you agree to work with them, part of your contract will say that you agree not to bring Correct, the company into disrepute. In and so what are the whether, specifics around that, though? But whether or not a crime has been committed, this high-ranking presenter is responsible for damaging headlines about the BBC. Yeah. Now, the BBC have been here before with Jimmy Savile, and it's clear that they have not learned lessons, not learned lessons about whether to speak to someone about their inappropriate behaviour, 
when to shut it down. They clearly have not learned these lessons because yeah. it should never have taken seven weeks from them finding out about this to, to where we are now. And in you fact, do it wonder, should never be playing you, out You do like wonder this. if they shouldn't have some an, an exterior organisation that actually Absolutely. that actually is... I, I don't know. I, I think so. it's I, at them. I'm waiting for a crime to have been committed. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and but it's not just about crime, no, no, I do think point. it is. It yeah. isn't. Well, really not. I think we're going to have to do, agree to disagree on that particular point. I'm sure we'll come back to that. I don't agree to disagree, uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very and much. And I agree not to, do, yeah. to disagree. Uh, yeah, so, no, <laughs> just, just to remind ourselves of this latest, uh, these latest claims, then. This is about the BBC presenter who has been suspended and breaking COVID lockdown laws to meet this uh, young stranger from a dating site. That's the latest.